0: Welcome back to the Ride Boundless podcast. This episode is brought to you by Ride Clean. Ride Clean is an ultra-premium polish, wash, and sealer. Very simple to use. Simply shake, spray, and wipe. It'll leave your bike or car with a mirror-like finish. It offers UV protection as well as full water repellent with its sealer. Check them out at rideclean.co. Use promo code RBpodcast for 15% off and they're including free shipping as of right now. They're also offering a 100% money back guarantee. If you're not satisfied, contact them. They will return your money. The product is amazing. I use it on all my equipment, not just my motorcycle. I use it on my helmet, my car, and so much more. Very exciting episode. If you've ever wondered how to turn your bike into revenue, then you're really going to be interested in this episode. Also, if you're looking to buy a bike and don't know what to get and you want to rent a few different bikes and don't want to pay that much, you'll also be interested in listening to this episode because I sit down with Guillermo Cornejo, CEO of RiderShare, and you don't want to miss this. So here we go. Guillermo, welcome to the Right Balance Podcast. Thank you for being here. How are you doing today?
1: Great, Alberto. Thanks for
0: having me. Of course. You're calling from, uh, you're in Texas, right? What city? Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. And how's that going? Mm-hmm. I, well, actually, you just came, you were in California. Where are you originally from? And, and, and tell me how
1: you got to Austin. <laughs> um, I'm originally, well, I was born in El Paso, Texas, but... Uh, I grew up in Peru, so, and then I moved back to the United States for college, um, in Fort Ward, Texas. Then I lived in LA for like six years and this year we, we moved back to Texas. You, you, you guys didn't like LA? You're married, right? <laughs> no, I'm not married. Uh, no, I love LA. It was the investors in the company sort of required that we move to Texas. No, that was part and it of the makes deal. Sense. Yeah, I mean, it's the cost, the taxes. It it makes a lot of sense for businesses to move to Texas, yeah, unfortunately. What were you doing yeah. in uh? What were you doing in California?
0: Um, before starting the company, or before what was the the original? Because it seems like you've been in Texas most of the time, and then you moved to LA. Uh, what what were you doing for six years? I mean, I know you started the company
1: roughly out here, but. Or what was the main idea? Well, I started a company before I moved to LA um, in Texas. And I quickly realized that LA was the largest market for motorcycle rentals. So that's why I moved to LA. But I also, I held a job like the first, you know, three to four years that I did this. And uh, I worked in the auto industry for like seven years uh, with GM, Nissan and Hyundai. And so, most recently, I was with Hyundai yeah. Capital in Orange County, yeah. What were, hmm? you do, what were you doing for the automobile industry? Data analytics of all kinds, you know, from forecasting used car values in three years to optimizing a call center, like, I've been in every aspect of the car industry. Interesting. Yeah, most people on the
0: motorcycle have some kind of automobile industry. How did you get into, similar. Uh, how did you get into motorcycles and, and what are you riding?
1: I got into motorcycle because my dad gave me a ride as a teenager on his BMW uh, GS, you know, the, the off-roading ones. Yeah. yeah. And it was so much fun, right? How old are you? I was like 14 years old.
0: Yeah.
1: But, um, of course he wouldn't let me ride them ever. Ever. uh, Ever. I mean, once I, once I turned 23 years old, I had recently broken up with a girlfriend So I had a lot of disposal income. Yeah. And so that's when I got back into motorcycles, uh, you know, and we started with a Ninja 250 and promptly crashed it, you know, at 80 miles per hour within two months
0: of buying it. That's everybody. Everybody does that. That's normal. (laughs) Well, what happened? What what happened in the accident?
1: Um, I was just a beginner and I was, it was a, a curve like on the highway, and I was pushing the, that 250 engine to the max, and I was really hungover. Uh, and uh, there it is. And yeah, I entered a corner too fast. And uh, but actually, no, was, I wasn't really going too fast, I was just an amateur. I the end. I was too afraid of leaning. And you, so ran, you ran out of road, <laughs> I ran out of road, and I didn't hit
0: anything. I just uh, like. Just went and, off the, just went off, and what was it like? Dirt or a hill or something? Um, the side of the highway. It was
1: just the side of the highway, so just pure dirt. So, yeah, I just rolled over like twenty feet, and then got up, and I'm alive, and it was the best <laughs> thing in the world, you know, being alive. I, I bet you sobered up real quick. <laughs> I mean, I was sober. I was just hangover, right? Yeah. But uh, and then my watch got stuck with the pavement and on its way out it broke my hand. And so I had Oh, wow. yeah, so I had hospital bills and all this stuff. I was super broke at the time. So so you were, you slid off
0: and and the the gravel grabbed onto your watch and it, and it twisted what like
1: la, la muñeca your wrist. Yeah. And well, it, it on its way out it just shattered my hand, right? Into Oof. So I have 23 pins in my left hand from that accident. Oh my God. Um, and yeah. then, they, and
0: then after mm-hmm. that, you got up. What was your next bike?
1: Then after that, um, yeah, I didn't want to buy a bike because after, you know, like I didn't use it that often. And shit, I, it's so expensive <laughs> to crash these things. Yeah. And so I looked into renting instead. And, uh, and that's when I came across the idea of starting Ridershare. Like just like, like that. My, so you
0: bought one bike. You got into an accident and then you said, I'm starting
1: a company. (laughs) Well, I did, I did like six months of research first and uh, I had the background in the auto industry to sort of guide me, right? Like why, why, why does renting a motorcycle cost $200 a day when renting a car costs like $30 a day, right? And cars are more expensive than motorcycles. So Obviously, one one thing that comes to mind is insurance. Like mo- motorcycles crash more often. Yeah. But you and I, you know, you and you, you and I both have a, a personal insurance policy for motorcycles, and it's less expensive than the car policy, right? Yeah. No, so
0: that yeah. can,
1: right. there can be a reason, and uh, so I figure that the main reason is uh, the seasonality. Like people don't rent bikes during the winter, so so motorcycles are. Very underutilized compared to cars, to car rentals. So for them to to make money, they have to charge really high prices. You're like you know like a 200 a day to be able to break even over the course of two years. Yeah. Um, but if you do the peer-to-peer model and individual, you know Airbnb style, depreciation is a sunk cost. That that motorcycle is going to depreciate regardless of you know if you put. You know, 200 extra miles, it's going to barely make any difference on the value of that motorcycle. So um, so yeah, by using the peer-to-peer rental model, we, we have the potential to cut the cost of renting a motorcycle by 60%. We haven't achieved the full potential, but we're working on it. You guys
0: are working on it. Uh, Guillermo, for the sake of the listeners, how would you introduce yourself?
1: Uh, my name is Guillermo Cornejo, and uh, I'm the founder of RiderShare which is kind of like an Airbnb, but for renting motorcycles. So basically people, people lease their bikes for rent and we find people that want to rent them. We vet them, we check that they have motorcycle license, we provide insurance, roadside assistance. You know, we make it financially safe and and then connect people with each other. Uh, what's your Instagram and uh, website? The website is riders sharecom and the Instagram is is riders-share with two s's in the middle. Okay. It, yeah, terrible so, name, so, I know. So, but, so, so mm. no, no,
0: it, but it, but it makes the point. Um, so you're you're like a Airbnb or, or like a Toro and and mm-hmm. and people actually, and, and I'm gonna try this towards the end of it because I, I wanna list one of my bikes or maybe both the bikes, but uh, we're we're gonna, you're gonna walk me through it towards the end okay, all right um so so rider share is who who is it for I mean is it for people that don't ride their bikes people that do ride their bikes I mean who, who are you targeting how how are you getting clients what's what's your most successful bikes getting rented et cetera
1: yeah, so it's for anyone that has a motorcycle license or owns some motorcycle right and um if you are traveling and you don't have your motorcycle with you, we have the largest variety of motorcycles available for rent and usually also the lowest prices, especially for long duration rentals. And, um, but we're, we're also targeting. So we're we're currently focused on travelers because they are like the most experienced motorcycle riders. They don't crash as often, but, uh, in the long run, as our risk assessment models get better and better, we plan to switch the focus to the 20 million people that used to own a motorcycle and don't own one anymore. And yeah. we, we think that's a much larger market in the long run. And, and, you know, and it's also, I think if we get those people back on motorcycles, even if they don't buy motorcycles, it's going to be beneficial for, for the industry. Absolutely. And then on the, su- yeah. And then on the supply side, um, people are listing motorcycles for all kinds of reasons. Uh, some of them are doing it as a full-time business. Some, some businesses are listing their motorcycles on our platform too. Then then a lot of people just, you know, they just want to make extra money on the side, pay off the motorcycle because uh, they bought a motorcycle that they can't afford, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, and then there are some people that do it out of um, out of principle, like, hey, you know, I want this network to succeed because I would like to be able to access all kinds of bikes. So I'm going to put my bike on it you know, to, to do my part. And surprisingly, there's like, I, when we run service, there's like, I would 30% of people leave their motorcycles to, you know, out of, to help,
0: you know? Yeah. No, no, it 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 makes, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I found your company actually, I reached out to you. Um, I want to say about a year ago, and and I had the ride clean stuff, and and I told you, hey, I got some ride clean. You know, is there any way we can collab? And you're like, you don't, I don't, we don't need to collab. Send me information. I'll email it to all my clients. And I, I never <laughs> got back to you, but I thought that was the the sweetest and nicest thing ever. But that's when I first found your company, um, and, and I liked it just for the simple fact that I've always had you know one or two motorcycles, and I always wanted to find a way of getting them paid off. You know. But there's that first problem where you're thinking, I don't want to, I don't want to rent my motorcycle, you know, because it's, <laughs> it's, it's my motorcycle. But I, I, I think that's, um, I think that's very narrow-minded way of thinking. I think the idea is if you rent your motorcycle multiple times, you can then buy more and then add to your collection because these things are paying themselves off over the, over the years. Uh, I'll give you an example. I got a friend of mine. He got into Toro, and you know long story short, he's in Vegas. he's got thirty three cars he's got <laughs> thirty three cars and he runs it like a business, and he could drive any car that he wants and he's got cars from anywhere thirty to forty thousand all the way to a hundred to you know a hundred two hundred thousand two hundred thousand dollars. He's got s classes, luxury cars um so I thought that was very, very interesting and i and I was looking for a way of doing that with motorcycles as well and this is this is the way of doing it.
1: And and that's the dream. We already have a handful of users with uh, over ten motorcycles, or uh, one in the that has over twenty motorcycles. Most of them Ducatis. Yeah. And so so yeah, he, he gets to ride whatever he wants. It's I'm I'm kind of jealous. I wish I had that kind of money. He can <laughs> wake up. Well, you're helping him do this
0: because he's not paying for all of them. You know, your your company's <laughs> helping him pay for all of them. Yeah, yeah. What what are what are what are the stats? I'm sure you've done a of lot of research in this industry. What mm-hmm. what what do you have stats on how many people ride motorcycles, how many motorcycles are being sold, how many are registered, how many people percentages once a person does get in an accident, do they get back on? Do you have any stats that you can share with us?
1: I mean, I have what the motorcycle industry publishes, which is there's roughly a little under 9 million registered motorcycles like street legal in the US. In the U.S.,
0: nine million and, and th- what were three hundred and twenty million?
1: Yeah, that's, so it's that's like, crazy.
0: It's really. And ball. then
1: there are there are, there are almost there are about three million motorcycles that are off road, so they are not registered. Of the nine so million, three million are off road. No, no. So on top of the nine million, so okay. there's a total of twelve million motorcycles in use. Registered overall or sales? Registered, oh, yeah. in use, right on the road, yeah. And then sales are are a lot smaller. I think new sales this year is on track to about four hundred and fifty thousand, and used is probably like one point five million.
0: Yeah. Then, then this industry you've created makes more sense than than ever than before because. Regardless of who I speak to and, and just being in the motorcycle industry with, with helmets, gears and stuff, it, it seems like the motorcycle community in a sense is, is going down because bikes seem to go up in price. So you, you, you are giving people a, a great option, especially since we're
1: a shared economy. Right. And that was the theory when we started this. So the average motorcycle gets uh, about 3,000 miles per year. And so that, that ends up being roughly uh, 50 trips per year. And, uh, you know, the, I guess it depends on how long the trips are. Yeah. And, uh, but basically people are using their bikes, you know, once a week. And, uh, and if you do the math, you know, the insurance costs, the, 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 the monthly payments, maintenance, tires it ends up costing close to $200 per trip to own a motorcycle, right? I'm guessing on Harleys, it'd be a lot more. Well, yeah, that, that that's
0: the average. So Harley's probably well, a little bit higher. Well, plus the customization, plus the paint, plus the bars, <laughs> plus the cables, the pipe. You know, it, it adds up. And if you break it down cost per ride, you're right, it's going to be extremely high.
1: Exactly. And so for... Millennials, what I saw in the car industry was that the biggest driver, the biggest reason why millennials were not buying cars, well, it wasn't Uber or Lyft, it was money. And so compared to baby boomers, uh, we're just making less money on average, right? We have less disposable income and more student loans. But if you look at millennials that are actually making money that are, or the same or more money as baby boomers, they're also buying more cars, right? Yeah. So like it's not that people lost an appetite for cars, it's just people just can't fucking afford them. I but
0: I I understand what you're saying, but I've noticed just having regular conversations with people, especially with with the younger crowd, they they don't even they don't even care. They're not interested in in learning to even drive because you have an Uber, you have a Lyft, you have you know, AI that's going to come out and drive us and you, you like it it's it's almost it's almost guaranteed that we're not even going to be able, we're not even to be able to be allowed to drive. And further down the road, I'm almost thinking that if you wanted to drive, like I, I love to drive, I love to drive, I love to ride, I, I, anything that has a motor, I love it. I, I almost want to say that in 10, 15 years, if I want to drive anything, I'm going to have to have a special license, and they're going to charge <laughs> me a shitload of insurance, you know, to say, oh, you're going to drive? Okay. You have to pay like, whatever, 50,000 a year to get this insurance, you know? So it, it seems like they don't want us to drive.
1: Yeah. I mean, self-driving cars are going, to, I think, uh, if you hopped on a Tesla, they're closer than you think, man. Oh, a few years
0: wait. Wait, no, no. I'm, yeah. I'm t- that's going to be in two, three years max. I mean, at the rate they're going, because remember every, every time they get to a step to go to the next one, gets even faster and faster and faster. No, no, that, that's going yeah. to be right around the block. And trust me, I love driving, but the more I've been driving and the more I've been thinking about this, there's a lot of people that shouldn't be driving. They're just too oh, fucking yeah. distracted. They're too emotional. They lost their job. There's many situations that people should not be driving. But the fact that our freedom to drive our own vehicles might be taken away is a scary thought or it's going to be an expensive insurance is a scary thought. so I think that's also part of why the younger generation is not even interested. They're like, fuck it. I'll take an Uber. Cause if you think about it in a car, sorry. <laughs> if, you, if you think about it in a car sense, think about this. You buy a car, you have your car payment, you have your taxes, you have your services, you have your gasoline, oil changes. If you get a ticket, you got to pay for parking. Uh, you got to pay for valet. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. it adds up so much or jump on an Uber, spend 30 bucks, you know, a day max. And I know people can do that less and that's it.
1: Yeah. I mean, to be honest, what we saw in the auto industry was like, it was just a cost thing. The minute those millennials started to make money, they were, they're buying cars like, like, like crazy. They're buying better and nicer cars than their parents. Right. But, uh, Hey, but you're right. There's a lot of people that are quitting, especially in big cities. Um, because of all the, all the reasons. Now, where I disagree with you is on the insurance piece. Self-driving cars are going to make motorcycles popular again. Explain. A lot of people have this perception that, oh, no, it's not about me. I'm a safe driver, but cars on the road are going to kill me if I get on a motorcycle, right?
0: Right. It, it, it's, it's not me. It's the
1: people around me. Right. The self-driving technology is really helpful to prevent, you know, that from happening. Like people don't have, what well, these cars have what, 50 cameras around them? And, so and infrared sensors and yeah. They're going to be able to see motorcycles better than a human being. Ever. And Yeah. In fact, in 20, 30 years, because motorcycles take up less space. Like, don't be surprised if, if uh if the main mode transportation becomes two wheeled, and uh, but still self-driving, right? Like they they won't allow us to drive those unless you have a special license, like you said. But but I I do think that in in thirty years, congestion is not going away, and self-driving cars are going to be so ubiquitous that it's going to make more sense to build, you know. A, I wouldn't call it a motorcycle because it's probably going to be self-balancing and, but it's going to be able to fit, you know, in, in two car spots, right? right. Yeah.
0: So,
1: to deal with congestion. Cause yeah, we, we, we've had to think a lot about the future where we're going with our company because when, when we try to convince investors to invest money in us, we, we need to give them a 10 year plan, right? It's, it's a very long term plan. and. And so, some people ask, hey, why don't you guys do car rentals too? Why don't you guys do boat rentals or whatever? Right. And, or RVs. RVs and cars are much larger markets. And the reason why not is because in five years, why would you ever rent a car when you can just order a Tesla to come to your, to pick you up, (laughs) you know, to complete self-driving? But when it comes to motorcycles and power sports, people want to feel the adrenaline, you know? Yeah. Or people want to feel cool or whatever it is that you feel when you're on a motorcycle. And I think yeah, we don't we're not really in the transportation game. We're in the experience game. And and that's where we where we plan to stay focused. So self driving cars will come and will probably be a positive for us. But I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not afraid. I think the I, motorcycle industry starts to benefit. Question. Mm-hmm. Why do Because you, because you lived in Peru, right?
0: Mm-hmm. I, now, I, I've done a lot of traveling, and I, I, the closest I've been to Peru was Colombia. I went to Cali. Um, but my point, my question is, a lot of countries, I've been to Mumbai, I've been to Mexico, I've been to India, I mean, I, I, all these places, motorcycles and scooters are everywhere. Are yeah. everywhere. I mean, you'll see five people sitting. I've sat, I've seen five people sitting on a scooter. It's the father. It's the kid in front of them. It's the wife in the back holding the kid, and it's the little four or five year old holding on to the mom. And and this is a normal thing. in In Colombia, they even have like dedicated hospitals just for motorcycle accidents because it's oh wow, it's insane the amount of people that use this as a transportation. But it's an everyday practice, and more motorcycles and scooters than cars. Why do you think that's the case um, throughout the world, you know, for most countries in the world and not in the U.S.?
1: <laughs> well, there's two things. It's also in Europe, right? There's so many... In
0: Europe, Italy, yeah. everywhere, Spain, everywhere.
1: Yeah, and um, it, it's, it goes back to two things. First, like the U.S. has really, really cheap gas compared to other countries, especially Europe. Right. And so that's a huge incentive for people to buy motorcycles instead of cars, like it's just economics. Uh, and then number two is over the last 50 years, the, the motorcycle industry in the United States has focused more and more on the experienced enthusiast that spends more money. And this is very common in every industry, right? Corporations chase gross margins over volume because it's a lot easier to sell 10 motorcycles for a million dollars each than to sell a thousand motorcycles for a thousand dollars each right it's just uh, it's just a human thing the natural human yeah and so what happened is that especially beginning in the 90s um, like the beginner motorcycle is now a 250cc motorcycle That used to be like the most, the fastest motorcycle you could possibly buy in the 1950s, right? Or maybe. That was a standard. Exactly. So, the OEMs in the U.S. have built this massive infrastructure to sell expensive motorcycles at expensive dealerships to produce high gross margins, especially Harley-Davidson. The gross margins are insane. Yeah. And so... So that's why it's become more and more of a power sport thing, like an enthusiast thing and, and not a transportation play. I mean, the, a dealer doesn't want to sell a 150cc motorcycle that they're only going to net a couple hundred bucks in profit. They'll rather push you into a $10,000 expensive motorcycle where they can profit $3,000 or something, you know? So it's just economic incentives. Uh, luckily for us, the Chinese are here to disrupt everything. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. Right, um, so Bird scooters, they're manufactured in China, it, it, in the same way that in the 60s Honda introduced dirt bikes to the US and 50 cc accessible bikes and, and made motorcycles popular and, you know, mainstream, the same thing is happening but now with the Chinese, Like right? They made motorcycles popular and mainstream, just only very small motorcycles. And the challenge is now for the industry to take those new motorcyclists that are not licensed and, right. and get them on, on luxury motorcycles, which is what you want to ride, really, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't really need to go from zero to sixteen three three seconds, right? Not at all. But it's cool. But, hey, it's, but it's so cool. much fun. Yeah.
0: And, and you can brag about it. Yeah, but that that's usually that's usually the case with uh, most people, even with their cars. I got a turbo, twin turbo, all wheel drive, zero to sixty in <laughs> one point five. Like, okay, bro. Like, <laughs> and you live in downtown LA, and there's a lot of
1: traffic, and you'll never get to use that power. <laughs> <laughs> and I know. And when there is like room to use that power, they drive it super safely because they, you know, they're they don't want to mess up their, their
0: car. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, the, the, exactly. Wait. Yeah, exactly. Then yeah. it's like, hey, you want to take it to the track and, and then you know, fucking go crazy? No, 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 no I don't want to. I just tires are like eight grand. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, well, no, what's wrong with you? Yeah, no, yeah. It, it's it's interesting times where we're going, and we're definitely in a shared economy. So companies like Airbnb, Toro, companies like yours, um, definitely help because, I mean. If if there has been one time in in, in in the history of men where we're sharing each other's stuff, it's now. It's now. And I mean like I I've known companies to rent out people's equipment, you know, podcast equipment. Uh if you're in a band, you can rent guitars. A lot of a lot of bands don't even you know, back in the days they used to take their own equipment. Now they just go and say, hey, we need four guitars, we need two acoustic, set of drums and that's it. So we're definitely in a shared economy. So what you're
1: doing is really, really, really smart. I really like it. Thanks. It's also really, really challenging with motorcycles. <laughs> That's why we were the first, uh, at least in the peer-to-peer space, right? Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, we've solved the insurance piece, and now we, we're switching our gears to focus on on the. How do we convince people to stop playing video games and get outside and have fun? <laughs> yeah. Or do, do you guys have a do you have an app? We're working on it. Yeah. And it's a debate cuz we could spend the money to develop an app or we could spend that money on advertising instead. On, on marketing. Yeah, it's it's tricky. And Yeah, cuz you, uh, you would
0: almost have to make an app that's um it's kind of like a game, you know, it logs your miles, how many miles you rode or, you know, how far um, or, or little, for example, like, and again, I'm, we're just talking here, but, you know, let's say you get an app, right, and, and I, I rent the motorcycle and now um, I'm in Los Angeles, I pick up the bike and the bike says, okay, you rent it for three days. If you go to these three locations, you know, the rock store, this, that, that, You get bonus stars or some shit, whatever, a little prize. And like that, that becomes the game. You know, oh shit, I got to run a bike this weekend because I got to get my medals.
1: Dude, so you're talking about gamifying. That's, yeah, that's the vision. Or like a reward system. It's a lot harder to to do than, I know. Yeah. It just sounds cool.
0: It just sounds cool.
1: It it sounds cool, but it it's 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 really difficult to do, and uh, and you you get very incremental rewards. Like most people are not willing to go to a rock store, yes to get the fucking star, you know. But some but, people, uh, some people wouldn't. Like but if some I, if people I, do.
0: If I went to Peru and I used your app and I rented a, a local bike and then I you know let's say I know where I'm going, but there was an incentive that oh did you know there's a cool motorcycle spot here in in Lima, you know that's awesome. You got to check it out get a reward, I'd be like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're always it's, we're always looking at that. That's why tour guides exist. That's why, you know, the info center comes up. You know, people really want to go, especially when they go on trips, they want to know what's, what, what should they do, where is there to go?
1: I totally agree. And let me tell you our roadmap. So right now we, we have to do more cycle rental. That's it. Uh, we are in the next couple of weeks, we're gonna launch an option for owners to deliver the motorcycle to you. So basically, you don't have to leave your couch, you can just order motorcycles to you, right? And, Again- And the to... owner is gonna drop it off? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, the owner will
0: get paid extra to drop it off. So the incentive is gonna be money. Yeah. Okay, I, and, and- I, I have two motorcycles, I get a call, it says, uh, drop it off. What, what's, the, what's the radius and mileage, and how, how is that going
1: to work? You set that radius, that mileage, and you set how much money you want to get paid to deliver the motorcycle. And uh, so, and the idea is you take it to a other person and then take an Uber back, you know, or. Right. Or if you have a truck, you just drive the motorcycle to them, right? It's even better. Right. That's interesting. I like that. Okay. It works really well in the car world. So we figured we'd do it for motorcycles. And we also realized that it's our requirement to be able to do dirt bikes because most people don't have a trailer to tow dirt bikes. So they're going to need the owner to deliver the bikes to the park and stuff. So we're going to do motorcycle deliveries, then dirt bikes I, I, and... uh Mm-hmm. I, I like where you're going with that. Uh, my, my
0: question would be, let's say I have five more dirt bikes, and I'm more than glad to, you know, drop them off anywhere, but let's say I can't. Let's say I can't drop off my dirt bikes. Are you guys going to offer an, an alternative? Like, you know, uh, somebody has rider share, and they're down the street, and they have trailers, like, will they pop up like, hey, do you want to drop off, or or you guys haven't thought about that yet?
1: So, I, I've thought about it, but, like, it's, we need a lot of scale for that to be cost effective. Yeah. So it, we're like two years away from doing that as well as one way rentals, we yeah, we well, just don't have the scale yet. I mean, we've only been around really for two years, right? Yeah. Um, you guys just I've been trying to, yeah, I mean, I, I put up a website in 2014 saying, I'm going to do this. But I've been trying to make it happen for six years now, but, uh, but we only like the, this third iteration that we launched in twenty eighteen is is uh, the only one that has had success. So really this company has been around for, for two years, right? So all those things are coming. It's just they just take a lot more time. You know the reason why I'm so willing to promote your business is because having started my own, I understand how difficult it is. Yeah. So I was like, yeah man, whatever I can help, I'll have to help. But um and that that offer still stands by the way.
0: I appreciate that I appreciate it they say, uh, they say in business it's like the first they say most businesses fail because they don't stay open long enough to see the success you know and and that number is usually like around two to three years you know because the first year you're just working for free you're just paying second same third now they hear about you and then there's just a there's there's a moment where it just starts picking up and people because you're being consistent with it so that, that's that's usually the case.
1: Yeah, you have to be stubborn. There's no such thing as overnight success,
0: right? There there isn't. There is yeah, and, and people will confuse like, oh, I worked this for five years and though you know, that time went like this and it was overnight, but it, it it there was a lot of work, a lot of energy, a lot of things put into it. What what stage yeah, are you yeah, in? Yeah. You're you're fully operational right now. Like what, what can we do right now
1: with your website? You can- yeah, you can go to and rent a motorcycle almost anywhere in the United States. Okay. And there's like 2,000 different motorcycles to choose from. So we have a lot of variety. Can I and can I uh, ask you?
0: Can I ask you how many bikes you have registered uh, on the site right now for the U.S.?
1: Uh, at this very moment, active. I don't know because they're always going up and down. Yeah. And I but community, we've had over 12,000 motorcycles listed for rent on the platform.
0: That's amazing, congratulations. That's awesome. That's amazing. Thanks. That's a lot.
1: Crazy, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, That's crazy, that's insane. And then how many, how, how many people registered renting right now? Um,
1: people that have rented, like 20,000 people that have rented motorcycles and uh, 60,000 people that have created accounts. That's amazing.
0: Those are great numbers.
1: Do you have any uh,
0: success stories of, like, people that have been renting and, you know, like, oh, man, I love your service
1: or, you know, or this was hard or
0: <laughs> any, any feedback?
1: I mean, what well, kinds of feedback. But um, the one that really struck the most, there was this, uh, this dude that lived in Colorado and he hadn't seen his dad in, like, 10 years since uh, his parents got divorced. Right. and his dad was in California and he was looking to go California and ride a motorcycle with his dad and and they wanted him to go on a relatively long trip, you know, like uh, 14 days go all the way to uh, up and down PCH and, and all that stuff, right? And he could not, he could not afford it. Yeah. But then he found a great deal on our website. He found a, a, a BMW uh, like a, a you know like a GS 1250 like the really big ones adventure bikes for just eighty dollars a day. Yeah, and so he was able to to go on that trip and and have fun and he sent these long ass emails like thank you guys so much you made this experience of a lifetime happen and like I, I'm so grateful and I tell all my friends about this and blah. We 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 get those kinds of of emails all the time and it's, it's really gratifying because damn, this, getting this off the ground is so hard. Oh. Like I, I have been working on stuff for five years, dude, it's just, yeah. Um, And then on the supply side, we, we have, uh, like the, there's this guy called David, he, he's in Beverly Hills. Yeah. He started with one Ducati Monster. And if you search LA, you're gonna, most of the top results are his motorcycles. And and you and then you can click on his name and you can see the size of his fleet. I don't know how many bikes he has now. Last time I checked, he had over twenty, and and he had like Ducatis, BMWs, um, Aprilias. Oh my! It's just and and they get rented all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So David, in particular, because he's part of a a big riding community there. of like Russian riders. Right. So, so, you know, they're, they're all his friends. So he, a lot of them that quit riding motorcycles are renting his. And so, you know, so part of his success is that he, he put in a lot of work. And, uh, and now he, he has, uh, he has hired a full time mechanic to basically to repair the bikes three times there's damage. So he makes more money from, from that too, you know, every time there's an accident, he makes money and, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's. I wish we had more David's. We we're and we're going to. It's just COVID really slowed us down. You I was know? gonna ask you how how has COVID <laughs> uh, affected
0: this? Because right. I I, get, so, I every every guest that I've had on this podcast so far says the only good thing about COVID is more motorcycle riding. <laughs>
1: you know? Yeah, I know, right?
0: Social distancing, you know.
1: Seriously, yeah, no, it was it was really bad. Like we we basically are doing one-fifth of the volume that we were doing before covid right or like that we expected to do before covid and so we're still growing compared to last year but it's only because we're gaining market share right only because we're moving up google rankings and whatever but uh it, we're not really advertising because every time we advertise we it, it's it's you know nobody books a motorcycle <laughs> And foreigners, they're, they're usually really good customers. They, they book back for very long, very long trips and spend a lot of money. And that market, you know, travel to Europe That's... and from Europe is banned. So, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's been really tough. Uh, but at least we're lucky that we don't own any motorcycles or any infrastructure. So, we, all we need to do is sit, sit tight and wear the storm and, and continue to grow in 2021. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: What, what, what's the next steps? What, what's the goals? What's your five-year... I know you have a 10-year goal
1: for your investors, but what's,
0: <laughs> what's, your, what's your five-year goal?
1: Oh, yeah. So this year, we're going to do motorcycle deliveries and, and off-road, like dirt bikes, do off-road motorcycles. Nice. Yeah. And then we're going to launch, um, in mid-2021, we're going to add experiences, which is basically tours and rallies and rides. You know, right? and kind of like the vision is to gamify the way you described it, but we need to get there step-by-step, step, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, we, we're, we're considering doing an app too next early next year, but that's still, we, we basically started working on it and it was not great. And so we have postponed it. We let go of the software developer that was working on it. It's
0: so and, uh, hard. It's so hard. And for the for the people that are listening, it's so hard to hire a developer because you either got people that are going to rip you off that don't know what they're doing, or people that are going to charge you cheap and don't know what they're doing. But it seems like nobody knows what they're doing in in this in the in the people that we have contacts with. You know.
1: Yeah, it's so difficult to find good developers right now. We only have two, but they're really good. And, and and that's the thing, if you hire 10 average developers, you're going to be less productive and you're going to be spending more money than yeah. if you hire two really good ones. So, that's, I've learned the hard way that that's why Google, like, feeds them everything and, you know, they treat them, they pamper them. and are like kings, yeah. They are, they rule the world. And, uh, but luckily for us, like, we, we're in motorcycles. Yeah. So, like... Is there a tech company in the motorcycle space that you can think of? Like No, even, even, I'll, I'll give you two
0: examples right now. Even mm-hmm. Harley Davidson, their, their motorcycle app that, that syncs with my, my motorcycle and it does amazing things, entire, pre- it's garbage. I mean, I'm talking about Harley Davidson. They can buy, you know, pay the best developers in the world, have the most basic uh, app that I don't even want to use. Same thing with the BMW. The BMW has, a, you know, BMW Connect. It is garbage. It's so ridiculous how hard it is to find good developers, you know, and if they did it the right way, it would be awesome. You know, you could see information, use the alarm, track stuff, but it's so Mickey Mouse. It's so mediocre. Oh, man.
1: Yeah, I know. It's And it's particularly difficult for corporations like that because they don't have the... Organization or culture to attract those people, right? Yeah, and
0: just just to clarify before you continue, nothing against mm-hmm. Harley or BMW. Nothing, obviously they're they mo- they they mastered motorcycles and they make amazing motorcycles. But <laughs> for technology, I've seen it very difficult for them to do it too. But as it, you were it's, saying, but right?
1: it's not just them. It's like any Fortune five hundred corporation. Absolutely, you know. Yeah, they it's, it's the structure is just they not set up to to produce good code, like the the old school planning and staff that works for Harley Davidson is horrible for software development, right? You, uh, yeah. you you cannot plan three months ahead in software development. You can plan max one week.
0: <laughs> right.
1: You know? So like there's a lot of little things that executives, the old school executives that don't know how to code, that didn't grow up with a computer, you know, like that are running those companies, they just they don't they don't stand a chance. And that's why, you know, a lot of um, That's why startups are so successful. It's because the incumbents, they have legacy systems. They have executives that understand this. They don't understand that software has to become your core product, not motorcycles, right? Right. If you want to do it well. Right. And it's a a whole other business. It's a whole other business. So it's just, they don't stand a chance. But that's cool. That's okay. Like building motorcycles, it's a great business and they should stick to it. And then, you know, there's other companies like ours that can help. Build the ecosystem around the the vehicle, wait, wait, and that's wait, what
0: we're gonna do. Which is which, <laughs> which is awesome. Which is awesome because that that gives entrepreneurs like yourself and other people to, you know, find a solution and offer it to other people. Because that's you know that's that's again it's a shared economy financially. It's a shared economy technology. It's just an overall shared economy. You know exactly,
1: and it's it's really awesome to be you know one of. I mean, I can't think of any venture backed company in the motorcycle space or than, or than Rebel, right? And and we're growing a lot faster than Rebel. So right now, we're kind of well, like, re- if you want to work in. Hmm? Yeah,
0: that, that's right. Re- re- Rebel is does something similar.
1: Yeah. So, uh, or, or Rever. Rever, right? Re- Rever?
0: Yeah, something. I, I, I remember seeing an ad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's an app similar to the BMW and Harley-Davidson app you described, but a lot better. And, um, but yeah, but I mean, other than those guys, there's really no motorcycle tech companies. So we have that going for us. Uh, you know, every time we put out a job descriptions, we're targeting motorcycle riders, knowing that, you know, you know what? We don't have the perks that Google has. But fuck, you're going to be working with motorcycles. How cool wow. is that? <laughs> and, and you don't have to work at a big company. It's super... A how, how, big,
0: how big? How is the company now? What do you guys consist of?
1: We have eight employees. That's it. Yeah, no, that's still a good,
0: good start. That's still a great start. That's a good, good size. And then you're you're gonna you're gonna get this once you get to where you want to be, roughly five years, seven years from now. How how big do you think? How many employees do you think you'll have by then?
1: Oh man, I haven't really done the math, but. Um. Let's see. Five million divided by two million. Um. So twenty five hundred employees. Twenty five hundred employees. Yeah, but we're not gonna do rentals, man. We're gonna do everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course.
0: Yeah. No, so I,
1: the, I, I I know companies
0: that that I've talked to. You know, in the motorcycle space, and you know, they have you know the motorcycle rentals. They have the clothing departments. They have the safety gear. They have the tour, the people that do the tours, people that lead the tours, people that travel, you know, across the country and sell packages in Europe and, you know, in Switzerland and China. They sell packages so people come to the United States. They have a department dedicated to the airlines, you know, making sure they can set up flights. I mean, it, it's it's a huge operation, and, and, and the tourist dollars are big, big bucks.
1: Oh, yeah. But, like, the technology that we're building has a ton of other applications, right? Right. So, for example... When you when you search for a motorcycle on Ridershare, we, we have an algorithm to try to place the most desirable motorcycle on top, but also the one that is that has been the most reliable in past trips, where the owner is, you know accepts the, the request on time and it didn't have a tow or it wasn't cancelled, right? And so as we scale, like imagine if you, you're being served three motorcycles to choose from in LA out of 5,000 motorcycles. So those three listings are going to be really high quality, really well priced, and you know, and the service is going to be top-notch, right? Right. Now, the same concept, we can easily apply it to experiences. So rallies or rides, whatever's going on on that weekend, to make sure that when you go to Ridershare, you find the best curated content for what you want to do that weekend.
0: Yeah.
1: And. And, and finally, I, I I forgot to explain there's a plan is, so using that technology, we, we want to launch, um, we're going to dip our toes with dirt bikes. And based on how that goes, if, if, if it, if it goes well, we will expand into the rest of off-road power sports like ATVs, snowmobiles, and whatnot. Um, again, because it, it, it's also really helpful. There's a lot of overlap between people that ride motorcycles and people that like power sports. So why not, you know? Like it's yeah, of just, course. Rent a motorcycle in the, during the summer, rent a snowmobile during the winter, right? Uh, at this point, rent whatever
0: you can rent, even if it's a skateboard, <laughs> bicycle, <laughs> you know, just fucking rent everything. <laughs> no, right? Just why not? Yeah. I mean, th- and, think about it. There's companies like Bird, you know, that rent scooters. That's all they rent. And I'm sure when they pitched that idea, it was like, what? You're going to leave scooters out in the street and people can grab them and other people are going to, what, what the fuck are you saying? It It, it makes no sense. You know, yeah, but, but it well, works. But it absolutely works.
1: Let, let let's. The founder was the founder ahead. was a millionaire though. He had five million to start. Yeah. So he proved the concept before he went and raised a hundred million.
0: Yeah, uh, but, but still, yeah, he took a big fucking gamble. I mean, let's cut the bullshit. You have five million dollars, and hey, you know, let's get some yeah. scooters, lay them out all over L.A. You know, what about the homeless? What about the kids? What about how many are going to damage it and break it? That's fine. Let's put five million dollars on the streets of LA and hopefully it'll make us money.
1: You know what I mean? You know, you know, it worked in China before it worked in the US. So if he can work in China, then it definitely would work in the US.
0: But I mean, most people are going to say, well, at least I would say, you know, but the Mm. Chinese are so disciplined. And they're so Oh no. (laughs) But but that's but that's the Fama you know, the Fama that they have, like, oh there's so more like Uh, you know, look at the whole COVID uh, thing. The whole COVID thing was, you know, stay home, everybody stayed home. Look how fast they they got through that. We're 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 fucking Americans, bro. We could do whatever we want.
1: We don't have to pay for shit. America (laughs) (laughs) fuck this. I know, man. I don't know. Have you seen pictures of the piles of scooters on the streets of China, like oh, they gotcha. made a mess. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I've been to
0: China. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fucking, it's it's cra- well. Again, depends where in China. You know, I've been to Guangzhou and Shenzhen, the most beautiful cities I've ever seen. Then I've been to Hong Kong. What the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a madhouse.
1: It's definitely a mad. Yeah. yeah,
0: but so it worked in China, and then the guy replicated
1: it here in the U.S. Is what you're saying? Yeah, well, him and five others, right? Right. <laughs> he was just, a, he was the fastest growing, but, you know, he had $5 million to begin with or whatever. So yeah. that always helps.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know? and of, of course. Um It's always good when, when you want to start a business and there's like three or four other people doing the same business. That's how you know it's a good business because you, you don't want to be the only one, you know, all the time. That's the honest truth. I mean, yeah. Monopoly says you want to be the only one, but when you're uh, when you're experimenting, you, you know, the fact that there's other people doing it, fuck it. You know, like if you could be, you know, top three, you know, motorcycle rideshare, you know, software development companies, then fuck it. That'd be that's huge money.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think you have to find a sweet spot because if there are too many, right. then yeah, right. you're never going to spend a chance. Right. I'm, I'm talking about
0: when it's a new idea yeah no, yeah exa- exactly if there's if there's you know i mean there's a bunch of everything but you, you, there are certain companies that stick out more than others
1: and that's why i like um, motorcycles because um a lot of people have sort of lost faith in the motorcycle industry they in their, yeah and in like no, no one in Silicon Valley is thinking, I'm going to invest in motorcycles this weekend. You know, like they, they, the, most people, they read the news, they don't actually look at the underlying drivers and they make the very quick judgment decisions and then just write off the industry. Right. And, and that's good. That means, you know, but that means if you if you look close enough, you, I think you can find there's a ton of opportunity in this industry, and uh, I'm gonna go take it.
0: No, <laughs> like- I, I, absolutely. Whoever doesn't take advantage of the motorcycle industry is crazy because there's I don't think there's anybody more loyal to to this to the, an industry than motorcyclists. You know, and, and regardless of what you ride, whatever you ride, you're going to buy the the helmets. You're going to be loyal to the dealership. You're going to be loyal to yeah. the equipment. You know, you got people saying, oh, this is the best helmet. No, this is the best helmet. They're loyal. It's, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's awesomeness. You know, so there's definitely room to grow.
1: Yeah, and so right now we, we're focused on expanding the product, you know, adding experiences, tours, off-road. Uh, a an nap and you know and that's for the, for the next uh, two <laughs> three years. A lot. Yeah, it's a lot, but we can do it. Uh, we're almost done with the core rental product, and um, at at some point we we're we gonna start playing the same game. Like you know how Facebook and Netflix they they measure the dopamine reception of people to see you know what. They can do to get them to be more engaged, and just and and people end up browsing four hours on their phones and stuff, right? Yeah. We we are we have advisors from big companies like that, you know, like Airbnb, Outdoor, you name it. So they are telling us what those techniques are. For example, the search engine algorithm, or like we it we we like we didn't invent it; it was completely borrowed from another company. And uh, so our plan is to use those same techniques to get people off their screens and into motorcycles and power sports and and fun. And uh, if that means we need to organize a date on a motorcycle with a stranger, you know, and advertise it on Tinder, then so be it. So be it.
0: Yeah. Of course.
1: I also think that we, sooner or later, we're going to have to uh, get... uh, Get motorcycle training. Make motorcycle training more accessible to people. Uh, we're getting a t- thousands of users every month that don't have a motorcycle license and don't know where to get it. Yeah, it's that's a big I problem. I mean, they should be going to the Motorcycle Safety Foundation, right? Like, why do they come to my website instead? That makes no sense. But uh, you know, if that's web traffic and and that's getting disappointed because they cannot rent a motorcycle. And so the best, you know, unless the MSF steps up, I think we're going to have to include in our experiences uh, some sort of way to teach people how to ride motorcycles and how to get licensed. Um, because otherwise, you know, it's hurting our brand, you know, and so we need to be able to guide those users into how to get a motorcycle license.
0: Yeah. Give, give them guidance on, on how to take the test, where to take the test. Now you, you also mentioned, you mentioned so much, but you also mentioned in previous conversations that I had with you that, uh, you're, you're going to start up a partner, a partner page.
1: Oh yeah. A partner yeah. program.
0: Sorry.
1: We have this affiliate program where we, um, we basically pay for our brands to refer us customers. And, uh, so yeah, if you refer us customers, we can pay you $25 per booking or $100 per motorcycle referred. So it's yeah, potentially a lot of money. $25 per booking or
0: $100 per what? Per motorcycle listing. Per motorcycle listing. All right, you heard mm-hmm. that guys. You heard that. <laughs> Jump on this right now. 25 bucks or 100 bucks right now. Easy money. And and it, and it makes sense to um that's another incentive to work with um you um, say the people that have motorcycles see that that's actually a, that's another thing people that have motorcycles sometimes have issues that they have nobody to ride with and they're trying to yeah. convince people to ride with them and this way they can convince their their cousins their friends like hey at least rent the motorcycle take the class you know we'll do we'll plan something awesome I promise you know so that that's another solution you're solving there
1: Exactly. So by organizing events that are very appealing and making the motorcycles easily accessible to attend those events, then I think we can lure more and more people into, into into riding again, and and that has that's like a like a that that's like a flywheel, like you know, in 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 the tech world they call it positive network effect,
0: positive, where positive. if all your
1: friends, yeah, sorry.
0: yeah, but no positive network effect.
1: Yeah, so if all your friends are on Facebook, you also want to be on Facebook to be able to hang out with them, right? Of course. It's, it's the same concept, but offline. If we can get people to start attending motorcycle bars, rallies, rides, whatever it is that people like to do, then uh, then that is going to be a magnet for their friends to either get a motorcycle license or, to be an or, you know, a strong one, you know? And and the flip side is that there are, there also are negative network effects. Every time somebody crashes and gets injured, like that's terrible for for the industry. All the other, all the friends are like, oh fuck man, maybe I should sell my bike, you know? Right.
0: Or so we, maybe so we are, they should
1: go to your site and
0: rent it out until they ride their <laughs> bike again.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so, but we're training this, this space where we need to, we're super focused on safety, while also creating a, a great experience it's really, it's a really tricky, especially for advertising, right? We don't want to advertise wheelies or so we're not, we don't want to advertise stupid shit. Right. So like, so we need to advertise a fun, awesome experience, but still safe. And then we need to vet riders to make sure that they're not going to be doing crazy stuff and, and warn them that if you do crazy stuff or damage the bike, you're going to pay a small penalty at, at, at a minimum. And so, um, so yeah, that's the goal. You know, we need to get more people riding motorcycles and other, you know, anything that's not a screen. And uh, and we're gonna use the same tools that tech startups are using to get you addicted to your phone, to get you off your phone. That's uh, that's the vision. And
0: that's that's it's gonna huge. Be a lot of fun. That that's huge. Uh, you know what? And since you mentioned it about how you vet people, what what mm-hmm. safety what. What guarantee or what peace of mind do you can you give me for encouraging me to rent out my motorcycle? What what what's the process and how, how do you protect me?
1: Number one is insurance because accidents are going to happen. Like no matter how well we vet a rider. what's
0: what's the insurance cover usually?
1: We cover the motorcycle motorcycles in value of value up to thirty thousand dollars, and uh, and then we supply. Liability protection of up to a million dollars for the owner of the motorcycle. So you know, if if a third party were to sue you, there's a million dollars to protect you. Um, And there's there's more. There's liability waivers, arbitration clauses, and all this legal stuff to protect our our hosts, right? Because they are like the like the heart of the business is the the motorcycle owners, right? And yeah, um, and then. But, and then we have risk mitigation. We want to prevent those accidents from happening in the first place. So when you create an account on RiderShare, we automatically collect our 200 data points about you, the motorcycle that you're choosing and, uh, and the trip characteristics that allow us to predict the probability that you will crash. And then we, we have enough data at this point, like, you know, thousands and thousands of transactions. That, that we are able to calibrate a machine learning model. And uh, and it, so now every day that that model is learning from new data points and, and who crushes and who doesn't and adjusts and whatnot. And we every and we also test like adding new data points into that model. Like for example um, credit scores and background checks. Turns out they they don't have a lot of predictive power credit scores do. And, uh, and we're doing other things like uh, there's this company that sells data. They discovered that ten percent of intersections cause ninety percent of accidents. So we ran their data for our model to see if it added predictive power. It didn't, you know. So we're always testing new new ways to predict who's gonna crash and who's not and, and who will crash. And uh, and and this is another potential company on its own, right? right. We're, we're we're basically. Uh, doing usage-based insurance, right? You're going to use the bike for three days, you pay X amount of insurance and we protect you. And so we're exploring a partnership with this, or a company called Romly to start selling usage-based insurance policies and save people money on, on motorcycle insurance. And um, That's helpful too. Yeah. And I would love to do that in-house you know, be the insurance company, but you know, we, again, we need more scale we need more money. <laughs> We're not there yet. Yeah. It's, it's but a yeah, lot. It's a, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of technology in the website. It doesn't look like it. It looks like any other website, but there's a lot happening in the background to make the transaction safe and to, and to make sure that you get a motorcycle that, that works. <laughs> By the way, I'm looking at
0: the website right now. It, it's, it's a very beautiful look at website. Very
1: beautiful. Thank you. We, we 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 didn't even hire a designer. It's just my my co-founder just just did it. He's he's brilliant. No, it's it's clean. It's straight to the point.
0: It shows all the cities.
1: Cool.
0: Yeah, that that's awesome. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to sign up. Or actually, I'm going to sign up and I'm going to see if I get any bites. I mean, usually when somebody signs up, how soon before, after they sign up, do they get requests?
1: We target two weeks, but like it's COVID. Um, The winter's how to start, you know, in a couple of months. So it's just it's too slow for me to promise anything. When people ask me, hey, what bikes should I buy to listen to platform? I'm telling them, don't buy anything until March 2021. Otherwise, you know, you're gonna, you're not gonna make money on ridership. Like don't count on us until March, 2021. And, uh, I think you asked me earlier and I didn't answer. The most popular bikes are obviously Harley Davidson and Indian. They're, they're really popular, especially with foreigners. that want to take long trips, you know, cruise route 66 and whatnot. And, uh, BMW, the, the GS ones are super popular and, uh, and then Ducati is also doing really well. The Ducati Monster is the most popular model in, in the country. Really, the the which oh. one, the thousand or the nine ninety or the Monster? That the, it's an eight hundred.
0: Well, yeah, they have the eight hundred. They have like a, I guess depending on the year, they have a nine hundred and a one thousand.
1: Oh, you're talking about the older. Oh, yeah, they have twelve hundred now too, right? Yeah. So and then the older ones, yeah. No, the the eight hundred, the eight twenty one is the most popular one, surprisingly. And people don't search for Ducati, but they find, oh, my God, there's a, there's a Ducati and, and it's only 70 bucks a day.
0: I was going to ask, how, yeah. how, how much is it? So it's 70 bucks a day to rent the Ducati Monster? That's,
1: that's yeah, a, Monster that's a deal. usually. I mean, Monsters are not that expensive, right? I don't think a lot of people realize that Harleys are more expensive than Ducatis <laughs> in very, general.
0: Yeah, very, very much so. Very much yeah. so. I, I, a Ducati, I think, ranges anywhere from like twelve to sixteen thousand. The monsters, obviously, they have models that go for twenty five thousand and more, and above that. But yeah, monsters, not that
1: much. And they're still pretty cool, man. I I, I used to own a monster. I love that bike. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just it, it's a between feel, kind of, but also like I I really like the the suspension. It wasn't great for uh, like. You know, cornering compared to a sport bike, it was—it's not a sport bike, but yeah, I don't it, care. It's, it's, don't it's a that. raw
0: feeling, naked bike that performs outstanding. Get looks fucking great. My favorite combo. So cool. My favorite combo is the the gray paint with the red frame. Like that thing is fuck. It's amazing. I mean, I like the red one too. You can't go wrong with a, a red Italian motorcycle. <laughs> you, know, you can't do that at all. I, I I just I'm at a stage right now where it's just everything I have is big. It's just big bikes, you know. So oh, yeah,
1: yeah. What do you currently it, own? Uh,
0: 2020 Streaklight Special, 2020 uh, BMW GSA Adventure, and they are fucking nice. customized from top to bottom. It's insane, and I have them right next to me in the studio. So when I when you see me do this, I'm, I'm looking at them and they're just waving, and
1: <laughs> I love them. Um, That's awesome. But those are two of the most popular bikes on the platform. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. No,
0: I, I, I've, I've, I keep hearing that and I keep being told that. Um, I, I know, you know, uh, Chris at Eagle Riders, which I, I know you've talked to him a few times. He, he, you know, he was like, why the fuck would you buy those bikes? You could just rent them from me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I go, you don't understand. Yeah. He goes, I don't understand. Like, why why would you do that? You could just rent them anytime and the crazy part is, is I, I have, I have, fuck man, almost 50 credits, you know, r- rental credits with them, you know, cause when they launched, when they oh, launched. Oh,
1: you, you're a subscriber?
0: Oh, I, I was the first one. I was the first one. Really? I, helped, I, I helped them launch it. Like there was, I had the idea, but then I guess they had the idea, but they let it slip and I don't know what the communication was, but long story short was I helped them launch it. And when they launched it, like I literally have, you know, 40 something credits from day one that they started it, you know, which nice. is interesting because now they have different, you know, programs. But, um, and, and it's so cheap monthly that, you know, I, I just keep it, you know, regardless, even though I have two motorcycles and you know, I probably won't use it anytime soon unless if I'm traveling. But it's so
1: cheap that it just makes sense. If that, if that. And, and I think that's what they're counting on right they it's so cheap that a lot of people will keep it and not use it, so that's why they're able to offer low prices yeah yeah well, I might well, need your help we we're gonna we're gonna do the same thing next year uh because right now our product is great for travelers that use it one time right but uh it's too expensive to rent and ride a share for daily use you know but uh, I think if we if we do a subscription program we can we can cut prices. By like twenty five to forty percent more, and it's that- a no brainer. It, it,
0: it's a no brainer. And anything, anything that you can attract somebody that they would pay a subscription for, is it, just a no brainer. You know, it it just adds up after a while. You get a hundred mm-hmm. and something, two hundred people, three hundred people paying a twenty dollar, a thirty dollar, forty dollar subscription, whatever you want to charge. You, I mean, you there, you got to calculate it and. You know, 10%, 15% actually, you know, rent something that year, you know, it makes sense. And, of course, you're going to get one or two, you know, guys that take advantage of it, you know, and use all their credits. And, you know, they, they during the summertime when there's high demand and you'll, you'll get that, you know, get a few people like that. But other people, you yeah. know, that, that are paying it for the most part, it, it's, it's a moneymaker. It's definitely a moneymaker. Yeah. And and the thing is, even if you owned your motorcycles, you know, let's just talk about a, a Harley Davidson dealership or a Ducati dealership or any dealership. You know, if you're focusing on rentals, your vehicles don't get rented out all the time. They only get rented out. I think, I think it was, I think the calculation that I read last time, uh, and this was years ago, this was 2015, is the motorcycle in a year, in a calendar year, only gets rented out 160 days out of the year. So the rest yeah. of the time, it's just fucking sitting, collecting dust, you know. So how do you recover that? And then, like you said, uh, the number one thing in this industry is that most people that do rent are from out of town; they're travelers. So how do you get the local, uh, you know, clientele? How do you get the local market? So you gotta you gotta offer something attractive for them to say, "Well, fuck." I'll sign up. That's cheap. That's cheaper than Netflix or that's cheaper than this. And oh shit, it's been six months. I got six, seven credits. Fuck. I'll take a bike out for the, Oh, I got an email. There's a trip going to Lake Arrowhead fuck. Yeah. Let's go to Lake. You know that, that that's what you're offering. You're offering a, a convenience. That's it. Yeah. Quick uh, question. Yeah. Um, do you have to have, um, a helmet and jacket and gloves
1: to rent your, your bikes out? Um, you don't have to. So owners have the option to rent out gear separately. That's cool. And and if the owner doesn't rent out gear, uh, we also have a partnership with a with an LA company called VKTRE. And uh, I think for twenty five or fifty dollars, I don't remember, they'll ship you a helmet uh, or a leather jacket. They're really nice too. So that's very a cool. lot of people. Most people that rent that jacket or that helmet end up buying it. So. So that's how they make money. <laughs> they they don't make money on rentals, but they, they make money because they know someone's going to buy that freaking helmet. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's
0: usually the case. And people are going to take pictures with it and post it on their social media and promote the fuck out of it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, Guillermo, I, I, we, we did an hour and 10 minutes. That's fucking awesome. I want to say thank you for your time. Uh, Once again, where can we contact you? Where can we get a hold of you?
1: Yeah. Uh, the website is riders-share ridersshar com. R i d e r s dash com. And you have my email address. I have your email address.
0: What's your Instagram and uh social media? Where can we? Where can everybody find you once more?
1: Our Instagram is riders-share one word. Same for our Facebook page and Twitter and uh. Pinterest, in Snapchat and all the other platforms. Okay. Um, and then um mm-hmm.
0: so I, but, and then before I let you go, like I said, I'm gonna go to the site. I'm here now. I'm gonna sign up right now with everybody. Let's see how hard or difficult this is. Uh all right. So beautiful website. I we would love to hear your
1: feedback.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So beautiful website. I like what I'm seeing. I'm gonna go to the top right and go into sign up, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we have the option of continue with Google, continue with Facebook, continue with Apple. Let's go continue with email. All right, name. And let's do... All right, and then create a password. Unless if I already have one. Damn it, I recreated one. Okay, so then I'm going to go into login and go into... now i got to figure out my password <laughs> okay and then once once i'm in what's going to be the next process as i'm logging in
1: once you're in to rent a motorcycle you need to verify that you have a motorcycle endorsement on your license so once you're in, it will prompt you to send a text message to your phone so you can take a picture of your motorcycle license.
0: Okay, and then I could do that. I can also do this via, through
1: my app, my phone, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but you can start on your desktop, and then it will guide you towards your phone. Just just do it. Okay.
0: No, no, I'm mm-hmm. not, I, I just created a login, and I can't remember it. So... <laughs>
1: Yeah, man, that's why we have those buttons, right? It's just a lot easier if you click email and
0: um, just yeah, just remember. Okay, so now I'm in. Welcome to Rider Share. Okay, so now rent the bike or list your bike. What should I do?
1: Rent the bike. All
0: right, let's rent the bike. Uh find a ride. All right. Th- this is nice. So okay. Oh, and then you have you have price points all over the place. All right, Ducati Monster, uh, $80 a day, Los Angeles, 31. You got the seat heights, you got the stats. All right, let me get the Monster since we were talking about this. All right, so boom, 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 boom. All right, September 23rd, let's say Saturday. I'll pick it up at 10 a.m. All right, let's go here and then the the more days you rent it out um the ch- the more affordable it gets
1: right correct um we we allow users to give discounts for longer term rentals and, and also damage waivers are a lot lower cost for longer duration rentals now
0: here it says gear the gear that they're offering here that's what this owner's offering right
1: Correct. So, and GoPro if you Hero down,
0: Seven, blah blah blah, handle bags, saddle bags, backpack.
1: Yeah, and scroll down, you will see that uh, the DKTRE partnership, you know. But I think DKTRE is usually a little bit more expensive than what owners have to offer, and we we, we set it up that way because we didn't we didn't want them to compete with each other. You know, we want DKTRE to be like the expensive option so owners can make most of the profit.
0: okay now i'm verifying my phone number and i think that's i think i'd be ready to go that's very easy that's very easy and now if i want to list a bike i could just list the bike
1: yeah to rent a bike you need to Take pictures of your motorcycle license. Yeah, it's, it's ver- fun.
0: it just verified my phone number. So then I guess I gotta go upload everything else through there. Okay, what I'm gonna do is I'm definitely gonna put one of two one of one of two of my bikes for rent on your site. Awesome. And I guarantee you I have the baddest BMW GSA in LA. This thing's <laughs> gonna get booked every day. Watch.
1: <laughs> we cool have a lot out. of those, man. I actually think you'll do you'll do better with your Harley, yeah. Yeah,
0: you but there's so the much the Harley. Heavy. The Harley's personal, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, take it easy.
1: <laughs> you you think
0: really the 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 Harley would be faster?
1: Um. Yeah, because I, we also have very many of those, especially road lights that are brand new. Yeah. So streak lights, streak lights. Yeah. You can probably command a really high price. I mean, I'm talking. You know, 140, 150 a day if you wanted to. Yeah. On, um, on BMWs, if you search on the website, you, you'll find there's, there's some competition. There's, uh, there's a lot of, of, of them. At least in LA, right? It, it varies by market. Right. It all depends on the market and the season and
0: stuff. Well, the good thing about LA is we only have what, 11, 12 months of riding weather? Exactly. So it's all the time, all year round. Yeah,
1: I'm so lucky.
0: Brother, I got to say, congratulations. The site works flawlessly. It's very simple to use. I think this is an awesome thing that you started. I can't wait to check back with you and see what happens uh, and see how big you've gotten. Um, and you bet your butt that I will be uh, promoting your site a lot.
1: Thanks, Roberto. I really appreciate it. And uh, do you remember to send me, you know, what you want me to send out to my audience, right? We'll. 60,000 people that ride motorcycles. I'm, I'm sure they will love to to buy your stuff or at least learn about it.
0: Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Thank you, brother. Until then, uh, I'll see you on the next one. Take care, Roberto. You too. And that's a wrap. Thank you guys for listening. Please make sure to subscribe and follow as well as share, share, share. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, Guillermo was great. Check them out again at Rider Share. Um, there's a lot of exciting things that will be coming up, so make sure to, um, to follow us and follow them. Until next time, ride safe, ride hard, ride balanced.